Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for April 26, 2018. And we have a short four-game slate. And lineup construction looks pretty difficult for this. There are a few really expensive, a couple really expensive pitching options who I think are good plays. Just the issue is you literally can't stack like any offenses with them. So what do you make of Chris Sale at 13,000, Matt? Uh, I guess it's kind of similar to what we talked about with Kershaw today, I think. What, so Sale in play or not for you tomorrow? He's in play, but I actually think it's less good of a spot, even considering price, uh, than Kershaw had against the Marlins. So Sale and Kershaw are probably similar DFS pitchers where Kershaw is better overall. Sale gets more strikeouts. They both have concerns this year about pitch count. It was normally just Kershaw on that front, but this year the Red Sox have been a little more cautious with Sale's pitch counts. So I don't think he's a must-play at all. I think he's in play. Um, he's not my favorite dollar-for-dollar dollar pitcher on the slate. I think it's kind of just a fair price for him. Um, but with only eight pitchers to choose from, Sale is going to be really, really highly owned. And if he has a really strong game and you don't use him, then you kind of just have no chance. Um, but I think because offenses are so expensive, the only real way to play this slate is to not use Chris Sale. Um, and there are other good pitching choices. So I think I would be mostly off Sale um, and basically just use him where he fits. Yeah, so I think my take on Chris Sale is going to be the same take I had on Kershaw today, which is it's he's not a priority for me. But if there's enough value there where you fit him into lineups seamlessly, and it's okay to use him, but I'm not going out of my way to jam Chris Sale in. And I think it's because a lot of the same issues I had with Kershaw tonight, which is that we're seeing a trend in baseball now where teams are not leaving their starters into games for very long. Now, the reason that Kershaw didn't pitch well on Wednesday night was not because of the pitch count. He just didn't pitch well, which was not the reason that I was low on him. Yeah, Kershaw actually threw like 110 pitches or something. He stayed in too long, and that was actually, I mean, that's not why he had a bad game, but it made his fantasy game a lot worse. Yeah, he just, he only, even at that many pitches, he only made it through five innings. Uh, but either way, I think the logic with Sale is the same as the logic with Kershaw, where if he fits, so be it, but I'm not going out of my way to jam him in, which is a big change in how I've played MLB to start this year versus how I've played in previous years, where I've always been a strong advocate for do whatever you can to get the aces in, but I just think they're not nearly as safe as they've been in previous seasons because of pitch count concerns. So with that said, I think that Dylan Bundy at 9,800 at home against the Rays makes a ton of sense. The Rays have been... Uh, pretty weak offense this year. And on top of that, Bundy's actually scoring more fantasy points per game this year than Chris Sale. Bundy's scoring 24.7 DraftKings points per game versus 24.5 for Sale. So for his price, I do think that Bundy's the stronger play. And I'm going to assume that you agree with me because I was quoting something you said before the podcast. Uh, yes, Bundy is definitely my favorite pitcher on this slate. 9,800 looks a little expensive for him. And I think it could keep his ownership at normal levels. Like, I, he certainly won't be contrarian, but maybe Bundy is only 30 to 40% owned, and I think that would be low enough where I'm definitely comfortable using him. Um, it's a really easy matchup against the Rays at home. The Rays just scored eight runs against the Orioles on Wednesday night, but that's because Alex Cobb is just nowhere near ready to pitch in the majors right now. Maybe he'll just be pitching hurt forever. 
Like, I think he's in the same class of pitchers right now as Chris Tillman, where he was once good. Tillman actually was once a decent pitcher, but his shoulder just isn't working properly, and he's not throwing strikes. His velocity's down. So the Rays offense doesn't get any credit, I think, for doing well against Cobb. I still think they're very bad. They're a very strikeout-prone offense. They do have Brad Miller back, but they don't have Kevin Kiermeyer. Um, it's still very bad offense. So Bundy for both of us, definitely the priority pitching play. I think you could arguably go all in on Bundy. And I think I would just mix around some of these other pitching choices. So there's no one else I feel very strongly about, um, but I would just have some some leans, I guess, towards other pitchers. So is it kind of the same for you where you'll have Bundy in most, if not all, lineups and then just kind of pick and choose whoever else fits in other lineups? Well, for his price, I do have a second favorite pitcher, and that is Kyle Hendricks all the way down to – he's all the way down at 6900 It's just a really cheap price for Hendricks. He hasn't pitched particularly well this year, but at that price, we only need about 14 fantasy points from the hit value, which he's still done in three of his four starts this season. He's somebody who traditionally outperforms his peripherals. He's really good at limiting hard contact for his career. He has an ERA of 2.99 and then a FIP and XFIP in the mid-three range. So – even though it looks like he's gotten a little lucky this year, we could just assume that he's going to have an ERA lower than his peripheral stats. Uh, I think that Jake Junis is a fine play at 8,300, but kind of looking at his peripheral numbers, they're not really great this year, and he's not striking out a lot of guys. So for the price, I prefer Hendricks. I think Junis is okay as a play, but um, my preferred pitching combination is Bundy Hendricks. And then I think that Sale and Junis are both okay plays as well. So what do you think of those guys? Yeah, Hendricks is definitely my second favorite pitcher. Um, But whether or not I have him a lot more than Jake Junis or just about the same as Jake Junis will depend on whether or not Jose Abreu plays. Um, So Abreu left the game early on Wednesday afternoon with flu-like symptoms. Uh, We don't know if he's going to be in the lineup for this game. So if Abreu is out, then I think Junis becomes a much stronger play. Abreu is by far the White Sox best hitter. And in that scenario, I would have Junis and Hendricks probably about the same amount. Uh, But if Abreu's in, then yeah, I think having a lot of exposure to Hendricks makes plenty of sense. Um, He would be, I mean, he's already a strong play. It would just, there would be less other choices. Uh, So Bundy, number one, Hendricks, number two, possibly Junis kind of like tied for number two. And then... Yeah, they're really, well, I guess Sale, but I, I just don't think it's realistic to fit Chris Sale. Like, I just, I don't see it working out in terms of lineup construction. Maybe if there are teams that just, if some of these teams just have very odd lineups tomorrow where cheap guys are hitting at the top of the order and we get a cheap stack that pops up, then maybe that could work. Uh, but I just don't think that it's going to end up being realistic to use Chris Sale. Uh, so the only other pitcher that I think we should talk about is Chris Archer. Um, 8,800 is kind of just below his baseline for the strikeout upside he has. And it is a very strikeout prone team he's facing in the Orioles, but Archer hasn't been that good this year and it's a road game for him. He's notoriously bad on the road. So do you have any interest in Chris Archer at all? Uh, it's hard to say. Um, I would say yes and no. Cause I still think he's going to have a decent amount of ownership just because of how bad the Orioles have been. I think I might have more interest in the Orioles side of the game than the Archer side, though. And I just think there's other pitchers like better for their price. So I think that we could start with the offenses then and start it with there. What do you think of the Orioles offense? Because at least how I'm thinking about it now, I, I 
think that Archer's probably going to be the third highest owned pitcher on the slate. And I'd prefer to take the leverage stacking against him. Do you have any interest in the Orioles? Because I think that I think that's an offense that I would like to have exposure to. Yeah, so you can't fit the Orioles with Sale and Bundy. They're not quite cheap enough for that. But an Orioles stack definitely fits with Bundy and Kyle Hendricks or Jake Junis. Um, they are reasonably cheap. So I do have interest in the Orioles. I guess the part of the problem is that Chris Archer is a pretty good pitcher. Um, the Rays did have to use a decent amount of their bullpen. Uh, Jose Alvarado is probably their best reliever. He had to pitch on Wednesday night. And the Rays' bullpen outside of a couple of guys is really bad. So if Archer doesn't stay in the game too long, there is a lot of upside for Baltimore. They do have power bats. Like, it's the one thing they have, even though they swing and miss a ton. Um, it's a weaker lineup right now with Jonathan Scope out. Mark Trumbo is still out. But Jones and actually everyone besides Machado is priced under 4000 So I guess I don't love the price on Manny Machado. But yeah, I think the Orioles are a reasonable stack target. Uh, it's not my favorite offense on the slate. I don't think it's yours either. Uh, but they're certainly in the conversation. Yeah, so the the offense that I think has the most upside for the least amount of ownership is probably going to be the Cubs at home against Chase Anderson. Anderson does have a pretty low ERA this year, but the peripheral numbers are much worse. So 3.25 ERA for uh, for Chase Anderson this year, but a 5.88 FIP, a 4.91 XFIP. He got hit pretty hard his last time out against the Marlins, which is a bit of a red flag, kind of like what happened with Kershaw tonight. Uh, Chase Anderson, I think, is kind of a league average type pitcher. Is probably thought of as a little bit better. And because of the ERA, I don't think a lot of people are going to be using the Cubs, and it's, it's a good spot for them tomorrow. So I, I really like going against uh, Chase Anderson and using the Cubs offense tomorrow. Yeah, I like the Cubs offense a lot too, and – just specific players on the Cubs. What well, we don't know if Chris Bryant's back yet, uh, so it definitely boosts the Cubs if he's in there. Um, I have no interest in Javier Baez at 4700 especially against a righty, but I just don't think he's a good enough hitter to warrant that price tag. Uh, I feel similarly about Kyle Schwarber, but I think he's more worth using against a right-handed pitcher. Uh, and then Anthony Rizzo is really underpriced, so Rizzo would be the number one guy on the Cubs to target. And then Contreras, 4000 um, Ian Happ, if he plays, I think Addison Russell and Jason Hayward are fine plays, but the Cubs as a stack are kind of just, I think they're a, they're a little bit underpriced. Uh, I think Chase Anderson still has a decent reputation as a good pitcher, even though his peripherals kind of suck. So I, I, I don't think uh, too many people will be on the Cubs. It is only a four game slate though. So the ownership has to go somewhere. Uh, but I actually think it's going to go way heavier. And you probably agree with this too, uh, way heavier on Boston than on any, any other team. Um, so the Cubs maybe won't have a ton of ownership, but I do think they'll be reasonably popular. But it's just a good spot. The wind's blowing out slightly at Wrigley. Um, it's going to matter a lot, though, what the Cubs lineup looks like. Like if Bryant's in there and Baez is heading towards the top, towards the bottom of the order, then stacking the Cubs makes a lot more sense. Um, so it's kind of contingent on a couple things, but I, I think the Cubs probably are the best offense to target. Uh, so one other offense that I really like a lot for tomorrow is the Royals offense. As bad as the Royals' offense is, I just don't think anybody could be worse than what Lucas Giolito has been this year. Giolito is striking out four hitters per nine innings. He's walking out, He's walking eight and a half hitters per nine innings. He has a nine ERA, a 6.37 FIP, and 8.43 XFIP. I just think Giolito is terrible. 
and I don't think he's capable of getting out. Ma- I don't think he's capable of getting out major league hitters. He pitched very poorly in the minor leagues last season. So even though the Royals' offense is bad, I just don't see Giolito getting anybody out. So I like them a decent amount also. Yeah, Giolito is definitely bad. Um, the Royals are a little bit pricey on the high end, like Moustakis at forty six hundred. I think I'd much rather use Chris Bryant if he's playing. Um, and then Merrifield is a little pricey, but the rest of the Royals, I think are very strong targets. Um, so I certainly have interest in them as plugs, uh, especially Duda and Perez. Uh, there aren't a lot of good hitters on the Royals. This is the problem. Uh, John Jay, if he's leading off, is fine, but they really just have four good hitters, Merrifield, Moustakis, Duda, and Perez. Uh, and two of those four guys are probably either fairly priced or a little expensive, um, so I have a lot of interest in Duda and Perez's plugs. I think making some Royal stacks makes sense, but uh, this this should be a night to make mostly Cubs stacks, some Orioles stacks, and then I guess a few Royal stacks, but I, I think I'm more interested in them as plugs. Uh, so should we touch on the Red Sox offense briefly? Like, I don't think I'll use them because of the ownership. Um, and if you're not going to use them, I guess we finished talking about pitchers, but Marco Estrada for leverage, is that a potential source of pitching leverage? Yeah, I just I don't think we're necessarily going to have to go that cheap, and there's other guys that are like better for their price tags. And Estrada's just been really bad this season. And yeah, he was bad last year. Yeah, I think it's worth if you're not going to have any Red Sox lineups. I think it's at least worth including a little bit of Estrada because it's hard to imagine a scenario where the Red Sox offense does nothing and Estrada also doesn't have a good game. Like there, there's not really a route to that. Um, I guess Estrada could just strike out no one and the Red Sox just make a lot of outs in play. Uh, But Estrada, when he's doing well, he's kind of just reliant on strikeouts. Um, The Red Sox offense, I guess, is beatable. Sean Mania threw a no-hitter against them, so it's not like no one can do well against them. Um, So Estrada is nowhere near a priority for me. Um, But it does seem like the Red Sox offense could fit. Like, is the reason to not use them just for ownership? Um, I, like, I don't think that their output, though, is any better than, than, like, the Cubs or the Royals. Yeah, I don't, I don't really either, but cheaper Red Sox, I think, for their prices, are good plugs, too, like Devers, Moreland, Nunez. Uh, Nunez actually is shortstop eligibility now with Bogarts on the DL. He's been playing some shortstop. I like those three guys. I think Benintendi's fine. Uh, yeah, just paying a lot for Hanley, 4500 J.D. Martinez, 4800 Mookie Betts has been hitting multiple homers seemingly every game, but he's pretty expensive too. So yeah, I guess they get, I guess that makes sense. It's similar expected output to the Cubs and Royals, and just the prices are a lot higher, um, except for maybe a few guys you can plug in. All right, so that is going to finish the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, GRMBertDFS. Matt's Twitter handle is... At Preaching Sense, and we will be back for what should be a better slate on Friday.